but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. Hey everyone and welcome once again to Safe Places and Spaces for Men. This is your male survivor, resiliency and leadership development. Coach Thomas Edward coming to you, of course, from Sacramento, California. All right. So my question is, how is everyone doing with the lockdown out there? And, uh, you know, these are interesting times that we, we live in and you know, I'm always kind of of the, the attitude or, or mind, okay, so, you know, how can I use whatever time, whatever I have to make things um, better, to either work on things, and uh, it's, it's, I think it's bringing us to the point where hopefully we're really starting to understand what is important, and I, I believe that we're going to come out this on the other end, but, you know, it's like anything else, we're going to come out changed in some way and i think that's kind of a a good segue into what i want to just kind of talk about you know today and for those of you that have been kind of uh meeting online and i've been um you know just sharing some things and you guys have been sharing some things and i've just been asking you know where are you guys at some of you have said that you know now that during lockdown you know can't go anywhere so now you've had more time to actually maybe think about things. Uh, Some of you said that now kind of being in lockdown is actually triggering stuff for you because, well, now it's right in your face, right? And so you have to work on it, let's just say with spouse, those different type of things. And some guys have said, well, man, this is the the first time I actually start addressing um, anything because now I'm in this small space with everyone. And so now the dysfunctional behavior and stuff is just totally in not just my face but everyone else's face you know i could leave go out and and do stuff but now it's right here and i have to deal with it so those are some of the things that we've been you know covering and and just talking about and uh thank you guys for you know just allowing me the opportunity to share some of you have been sending you know emails maybe on different things that you're you're dealing with thank you for the shout outs um i've been getting um shout outs on i think it is episode number 13 where we talked about you know, the whole neurobiology of, of of trauma and why we freeze and don't freeze, whatever, during the abuse. And many of you guys have said that has totally helped you so much, that, that information. Um, and like I said, oftentimes, just depending on, you know, maybe who your therapist is, maybe they don't give you that information. But I just found out, you know, being a survivor, you know, myself and some of the horrific things that I experienced it just helped so much in working through the issues to understand, um, I guess you could say that that physio side of it. In other words, how the brain works and, and, and what's going on. It's really important and key. And I think that just helps us to realize, no, I'm not a, a big failure. There are things that have actually been changed. And it's interesting, even when we think about uh, sexual abuse, the thing is, is that it's always shaping us. Now, some people don't want to hear that, you know, because it's like, oh, and that means, you know, is there is there's this end point? Well, the reality is, you know, our life is a summation of, of our experiences and the things that we've dealt with, are dealing with, are, are going to, they all shape us in, in some way. 
And so when we think about the sexual abuse, that's one thing that does shape us because how we respond to it, you know, what's going on for us, those different type of things in our lives, in our brains and in our minds are constantly affecting the things that we do. So um, I want to, uh, there was someone uh, last night kind of on the call and we were talking about a few things and um, I wanted to kind of get back to him because I know we didn't really have, you know, time, time to really parcel things out. And so I'm going to, I'm going to call you Steve. Okay, Steve. So I know that's not your real name, but I just want to address it. So Steve, I know you said that you were kind of having a, a, a rough night and for you, um, I guess you could say with well, the coronavirus, like you said, now has um, put you in a place where you're kind of in lockdown. And so now the relationship stuff or uh, the defensive coping mechanisms that you've been using to kind of hold your relationship and stuff together, of course, are not working. And you're starting to, to see that. And um, um, I remember you sharing with me that you felt that you were not worthy of love. And so that was one of the reasons that you, you started acting out. Like you said, you, you know, the acting out gives you the rush, right? And there's there's a whole, if you want to talk about neurobiology behind that too sometime, but um, we can get into that later. I, I really hope that I get to coach you because I, I think we could really help you. Um, so what I want to do is, because there's some questions that you ask and you says, well, you know, why, why are you sabotaging like that and you said that you found that that you're fine when you're not in a relationship but it's when you go into the relationship um, those are when things start to happen and you even said that sometimes it feels like you're doing this stuff just so you can can as you said bring it to the light or get caught but you said in the process also that you're hurting people you're really hurting people so you know here's one thing that I, I want to share with you um, Steve. And so I want you to think about this when you're dealing with the sexual abuse. There are certain things just in our conversation, one that I noticed, and um, I really would like you to go back and listen to, if you can, the one on uh, isn't one PTSD enough, you know, because uh, really a lot of the things that you're talking about and that you're dealing with uh, are, af are often the C um, PTSD. Okay, so the complex, some people call it chronic, whatever, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so I noticed even though you said that you were, you know, discharged or whatever by, by your therapist and everything is okay, but it's like you said, now the real stuff is starting to hit, hit the fan. And so one of the things I want you to maybe, you know, possibly encourage you to start thinking about and examining, um, because you've had, let's just say, years to put some mechanisms around you that you felt were safe, but actually they were kind of dysfunctional habits. And so in our conversation last night, as we were, we were talking there on the group, one of the things I want you to check and see for yourself, because I know you said you were good, but I really want you to check and see if you really do have problems and issues with trust. And I just want you just to, to really be open and I want you to be honest uh, about that. And you know what? Feel free, like I said, you know, you can shoot me whatever email and we can talk about that. And then the other thing I, I noticed when we were talking is 
There also seems to be problems or issues with intimacy. And I don't mean intimacy. Now, there's different type of intimacies. um, And this is a, a really good thing to think about. Because oftentimes, as soon as we say intimacy, the first thing that we start thinking about, we start thinking about the the sex, okay? But there is a whole precursor before we even get to that. So I want you to think about this, Steve. How is your social intimacy? Because that's the space you're in right now on lockdown. And so, you know, you're around um, the people that you've hopefully created the relationships with, and they seem a little bit strange. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, how is your social intimacy? The next thing I'm going to ask you is how is your emotional intimacy? Um, How are you doing with connecting emotionally with people? Do you find yourself actually avoiding connecting emotionally? And maybe that goes back to the trust issue that we talked about before. So you feel like you really can't be yourself. You don't have the space there. Maybe you're going to be to be judged. Okay, so how is that? So how's the social intimacy how is the emotional intimacy? Okay, now when we're talking about you know physical intimacy, is the physical intimacy connected with the emotional intimacy? Because you talked a little bit about uh, acting out, and I noticed that when you were talking last night, you were saying that when you don't feel worthy of love, right, then you actually start acting out. And so what I'm wondering is when we talk about the issues of trust and we're talking about those different type of intimacy how is your emotional intimacy and your physical intimacy connecting together actually if you think about it you know all all three of those and like i said we can get a little bit deeper into those um later now here's the the other thing that i want to and this is something oftentimes when i'm working with survivors and I get it and I understand it. But here's the thing, and I always say this, especially to those that are um, on the other end. In other words, you're, you're married, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, is a survivor of sexual abuse. There are a lot of things as survivors that we have to work with, deficits, those different type of things. And there are a lot of things that we're dealing with. But my thing is, It's never a reason to hurt or mistreat other people. And we do it. I'm just saying, but I'm saying it's never right, no matter what we're doing or what we're experiencing. Okay. Because then all we're doing is we're just, I'm going to say now we're doing the abuse. And so that's something that we really have to be careful because I know you said that, man, what you're doing is you're just hurting people. You're really hurting people. And I want to say that maybe that's a cry, Steve, maybe I know you said you've gone to therapy, but you've got the stuff still left. And so maybe that's for you. That's your uh, CPTSD. And so then let's let's work on that. Right. So um, get in touch with me. I, I hope that that helps you, you know, a, a little bit there in working with that. But there's some stuff I think that we really need to address. And um, I, I didn't want to, you know, we had kind of a, a group call there for those that were on the call. So I just wanted to give you a little bit more, a few things to to think about in trying to work through those issues. Okay, uh, so when I think about also our call last night, um, so I'm going to uh, call this individual Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, so you were asking some some questions and things, and so I, I 
I want you to think about this when we're talking about dysfunction. And I want you to think about, is it possible uh, that there might be some toxic guilt? And maybe if you want to call it some false, if you want to say responsibility that's going on or taking place. So, you know, as survivors, there are a lot of things, of course, that stem from, you know, what happened to us, our childhood environment. And some of those things often get carried over into our adulthood, our adult relationships, work, uh, social, romantic, whatever those different type of things. But sometimes because of the abuse, one of the things that we bring with us, and let me tell you, I know because that used to be some of the things that um, that I did, is I'm going to say a false responsibility. And when we're talking about the toxic guilt. And what that means is what comes with us is this attitude that um, that we feel responsible for things that really aren't our responsibility and we shouldn't feel responsibility for. And, you know, we notice that a, a lot, you know, especially as, you know, children and adolescents, you know, people we feel responsible for the needs and emotions, whatever, of the parents, of the siblings and other family members. Now, I noticed that that as kids, uh, we do that very easily. And I'm going to kind of call it maybe the reverse or the other side, I would say, of narcissists, right? The world is is about us, of course, when we're small. And so think about that same idea, even when the trauma and things are, are taking place, that we might see ourselves as also just being responsible for that when that really isn't ours. Okay, so that, that guilt, or if you want to call it the false guilt. So then what often happens as a result of us taking on unjustly this responsibility, of course, we feel overly guilty if things around us go wrong. And then, of course, we're, we're quick to accept, you know, that everything is our fault when really it isn't. And what I notice is when we're talking about, if you want to say this toxic guilt or false responsibility, is that oftentimes we have poor boundaries. And so, um, Jeremy, I want you to just start thinking about this. Um, what are the boundaries in your life? And I, I want you even to, to write down what are the boundaries in your life, whatever, in your relationships. Um, I want you to think about are you um, emotionally enmeshed with other people? And so he's like, oh, what does, what does that mean? That's some big psychology term, okay? Uh, so let's just think about this, enmeshed. So let's just think about um, two circles, okay? So you got two separate circles. Then the circles kind of come together in such a way where you can't tell where one end and the other begins, okay? So enmeshed, so there's no distinct identity of the two circles. So for you, when you're thinking about your relationships and, and, and the people that you're dealing with, do you find yourself being enmeshed like that where it's hard for you even to define where your boundaries are um, and trying to manage you know um, other people's you know emotions and so that can be actually overwhelming also when we're talking about the the toxic guilt or the false responsibility here's one thing I want you to ask yourself do you find yourself um, with a lot of self-blame and that's why I said this is kind of to me, you know, even when I was dealing with this, it was like I call it kind of the reverse of being a strong narcissistic person or tendency 
um, maybe just from a, a different side. Okay, so of, of course, a narcissist is going to say that everything, of course, is about about them. So on the other flip side, what we do, though, is it's about us because we're taking responsibility for everyone else's actions. Okay, so we're suffering from false responsibility and toxic guilt. So we're very quick to attribute whatever went wrong to ourselves. And so we're blaming ourselves for everything. So you notice how I said it's reversed of narcissists. All right, because the narcissistic person is going to say that everyone else is to blame. And on this one, we're blaming ourselves for everything. Okay, so Jeremy, I just want you to, to think about some of those things maybe this week like you said that you've got time to to do that and like i said feel free to shout out to me on uh, email and if you want to set up and we can do some coaching i would love to do that um with you Uh, because there's some other things that you were talking about it's like uh, there might be if you um listen to one of the previous you know podcasts maybe we got a little you know codependency and repetition compulsive whatever going on in there. So, hey, it would be great to just see how those dysfunctional habits, how we've adapted them, but how we can actually turn them into some healthy habits. All right. So, all right. So before, you know, guys, I like to always keep this whatever 20, 25 minutes as, as much as possible. First of all, like I said, thank you. Thank you all the guys for being on on the call. That was great. I think it gives us a way to, as you know, people call it, whatever social distancing i think it's physical distancing because we can still social we can do the interactive we just have to kind of change the the method uh so we're just you know doing the things online which is fine because we've been doing the coaching online most of the time uh, anyway uh except for you know we have opportunities that we can we can actually meet so for those of you of course that are interested just shoot me you know email and when we do do the conference you know, calls or together uh, calls. I just do a little kind of like brief interview just to make sure it's like, okay, yeah. One of which we're trying to keep the group safe, right? That's why I call safe places. I mean, so we do a little bit, okay, what's the you know, goal of being here? You know, what do you feel you want to share? You know, just making sure we're just creating that nice non judgmental atmosphere and, and safe atmosphere. And uh, so that's important for us to do that. And, um, and then also we can only fit so many people on on the call but we're, we're doing more of those and that's great and i i, I want to share with you guys and you guys know me um as a coach i like to try and be transparent um especially when i'm working in groups when i'm facilitating when i do the retreats those different type of things because i'm you know i'm a survivor a thriver also and there are you know things that come up for me you know also because people look at me and they're like oh you know man you you know, you're smiling and stuff and, you know, you've been able to, to turn it around. So then they assume that, well, that it's over and you never have to, you never have to deal with it. But like I said before, this is the thing you have to realize that it never stops shaping you. Okay. That's, that's the legacy when we talk about the child sexual uh, abuse. And so we're always in those moods and phases we're moving between surviving and thriving, okay, surviving and, and thriving. And so there are times, though, when things hit you and you're like, bam, where did that come from? Okay, trigger or or whatever. And so I was I was sharing, uh, you know, with one of my one of my friends um, 
and this was kind of on on the call and um it was a well someone who's become a friend who actually <laughs> used to do coaching i uh, used to come and get coaching um you know but we developed that relationship over the years and so i was just sharing with him um from the idea he's, he's like well how has the coronavirus you know affected you and i'm like okay so you know i shared about some things that are going on in in the family with my mom and stuff and those of you know the story about my mom you know and where she's at whatever from a health perspective and i was just sharing with him i said this is what sucks right and so um i might have to go go back and then uh, help take care of her again so i've done it once but might have to do it again and I said, the thing I says that's kind of freaking me out is so having to go back, I said, and stay in that house maybe for three or four months. And so I said, you know, where so just think about it. I said, you know, if those walls could talk, if those hallways could talk of all the things that happened to me there in that place, the horrific, you know, abuse, sexual abuse and stuff. And so I I was saying to him, I say, I don't know if I could, if I could actually handle that. I said, but then on, you know, on the same side, it's like, well, you know, I'm not going to leave my mom. I'm not going to like not help take care of her. So I said, you know, this is, it's, it's shaping me in a different way. You know, I said, you know, um, in the past, when, if I go back to those areas, I know that my boundary limit, let's just say for being there is three or four days. That's it. Right. And so I think I said, I'm not freaking out, but I'm just thinking about, you know, what if I possibly had to be there, you know, longer on a long term or short term, whatever, whatever basis. Right. And, you know, this is the thing when we when we talk about dealing with our with our sexual, you know, abuse. One of the things that's really going to be important for you, it doesn't matter how intellectual you can get about the subject it doesn't matter how logical you can know all the neurobiology all the different type of stuff but really what's going to help us is when we have those emotional connections so for me it was just great having developed that relationship with someone where i was at the point where i could even just talk about this and and share about this you know wasn't really looking for any answers but there was a that part of just being validated and that's really important for us as survivors to have that validation and i believe that's one of the reasons that it's really important for us to connect with other survivors because you know what i realized is as i was sharing you know um, as i was sharing whatever some of those fears and some of those things with him inside my mind because he was a survivor also i knew that he kind of understood it and that was that was just so wonderful to know that someone on the other end could relate, could understand, and could just validate what was going on. And so I really want to encourage encourage you guys, uh, if you haven't had a chance to be whatever on the, you know, the different calls, if you've thought about coaching, like I said, maybe the coronavirus is giving us an opportunity to reset. And this might be your opportunity to reset. This might be your opportunity to finally reach out. One, to know that you're not alone and to know that there is someone, someone who wants to help you, someone who cares about you, and someone who wants to help you to, to validate some of those things that you are going through. 
but also someone who wants to help you to accelerate the healing. All right, guys, that is it for this podcast. And like I said, of course, there's more (laughs) that are coming uh, because I got, you know, time, whatever on my hand between this and then, you know, working on um, some other stuff. Um, I also get different calls and stuff uh, because of my degree in herbal science. So people, of course, are calling me and asking me what herb can I use to boost my immune system, uh, antivirals, all those different uh, type of things. So we're continuing to connect. Uh, We're just connecting digitally. All right, you guys have a great day. Like I said, feel free to shoot me out any questions you have. Safe places and spaces for men.com. Just go up and send me. I've been trying to survive. The glow that the sun gets right around sunset helps me realize that this is just a journey. Drop your worries, you are gonna turn out fine.